Today, I'm grateful to be down in Newark, New Jersey at Blessed Sacrament Friary Monastery with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. A good friend of mine, Brother Thomas from the CFRs, joins me on the podcast as we discuss our call to discipleship, namely encountering the hidden Christ in the poor and valuing souls as we work to build up the kingdom. Brother Thomas has been a friar for 20 years and is as faithful as they come. His love for Jesus, his fellow brothers and sisters in Newark, and the global church is seen in his humble acts of service and the love he shares each day. Brother Thomas shares with us the immense value of spending time with the poor, the hope of the resurrection, and how enduring the cross leads us closer to the wounded heart of Jesus. Brother enjoys hooping it up during the summers, tossing the ball with kids on the diamond, and most importantly, leading the friars in daily prayer. We have been on missions to Mexico City together, and by God's grace, he has led us to work with youth down in Newark. Make sure to visit franciscanfriars.com or follow the CFRs on Instagram at CFRFranciscans to learn more or explore vocations. So I'm super grateful to be here today with you, Brother Thomas, here at the Blessed Sacrament Friary in Newark, New Jersey. I'm grateful for the Friars hospitality and for you to, to join us on the Life to the Fullest podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, damn, I'm doing great. So it's, it's just a real blessing also to have you and uh, to catch up with you again and, you know, after our mission to Mexico City. And yeah, it's great to have you down here and uh, did a great job today, by the way. So with our little youth outing, so so appreciate your presence. So. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, you guys are all about community and really being engaged in the community here in this area it was a really special opportunity to be part of that today and to have a chance to take the kids to the park and just play sports with them. And, and you were teaching them about the faith. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that because when I was coming down here, I was really excited to have this chance to, to work with the youth. And I think it was a beautiful example of how you know, we can work with kids and, and have fun and you can make faith fun for them. Yeah, like, you know, if you think of St. Francis himself, like who we, you know, follow in his charism and his, his life and try to lead by, you know, you know, try to follow his example, like, uh, it was all about brotherhood, right? It was all about relational uh, ministry. It was just you know, loving each other. That's the basic core gospel message, right? Love one another as I have loved you. And yeah, so we've been, it's been in our heart for a number of kind of months to really do something with the kids. We, we have the soup kitchen, which has been a great blessing for us. And uh, we've really made really kind of great inroads into the neighborhood here. We have a lot of good friends and the people really, really have come to trust us and know us. And, but uh, yeah, but just this, this day was a special day and because uh, it was really our first youth trip that we had. And um, yeah, just to do like what you said, like the simple things, just to kind of go play some sports, to a little tour of the cathedral, to have a, have a meal together. You know, it's like what Jesus, you know, our Lord did himself with the, with the 12, you know, and, and other people and, and, and all the sinners too. So it's what he did, right? So just to kind of be very human about the whole thing and to kind of start to, you know, just love the people where they're at and to have a, a relationship as a brother with them. And so, um, yeah, so a real great blessing, you know. No, and, and it's so important. Actually, this week, actually, in a normal year, we would be down, or I should say up from here in Newburgh, right, doing Camp Veritas. And, right. And that's a great Catholic youth camp, which engages the youth in the faith and playing basketball. And, and you'd be tearing it up on the court. Well, only after your example, my friend. Only after your <laughs> example. So uh, these sandals still have some air in them, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, for, for us to have this chance to do this with the kids today, 
was certainly a lot of fun because we, we missed the summertime of being out and about with, with the youth and it's so important to engage them and, and to have them to see you and the, the other religious as you know people too because you guys have just a heart you know, for, for the Lord, but you have a good time. And I think sometimes people, especially younger people, have this idea that faith can't be fun, but right. certainly you guys right. bring the fun. Yeah, praise God for that. Like, you know, that, that's really, that's the charisma of Francis, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. And, you know, you think of St. Therese, you know, she has that quote. She says, like, the uh, joy is the net where you catch souls in, right, for the kingdom of God. So, so yeah, I mean, you just have to think about our Lord. Like, you know, he must have been like the, just, just a magnetic personality, like he's fully divine, fully human. Obviously, he's got the fullness of joy. And so there must have been a great attraction to him. And so... That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit, you know, enlivens us, you know, and uh, we try to be open to Him. And, uh, yeah, just try to just to love on people and uh, share the joy, really. And that's that's uh, the life-giving nature of the gospel, right? It's it's it's, uh, it's not like we're, like Pope Francis would say, you know, come back home from a funeral, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're celebrating. You're celebrating the, the joy of the Lord, right? And then we go to church. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, it's definitely all about encountering, encountering mm-hmm. other people. And it's great to mention because in a little bit we'll discuss mission, right? You mentioned before we were on mission in Mexico City together. And really calls to mind the great commission that Jesus had in calling each of us in an apostolic way. You know, obviously as a brother, as a Franciscan friar, you're called to that. But each of us is. Mm. And it's so important for us to understand that you mentioned it, catching souls. Mm. And really that's something that I want to talk a lot about today because... So often we think about love, and that's the ultimate starting point. But it's even more, and it goes a lot deeper. Yeah. So you think of really like the first words of our Lord in the gospel is come, right? Come, follow me, right? So just to, just to be present with Jesus, to get to know who he is. And then the last words he basically says to his, his apostles is what? Go, right? Go. Mm. So what I, what, I, what, I, what I experience, what I receive from Jesus, that relationship, that salvation I find in him, that joy, that peace, the forgiveness I get, and yeah, just that, that whole uh, to make all things new, right, in Christ, right? That's, uh, we become a new creation, and so you can't be helped but just be like, you know, impelled to go forth, as St. Paul says, like to, just to, to spread that fragrance of new life and, and, and that joy and that salvation in the kingdom of God, you know? So, yeah, it's, a very, it's, it's just a great time. It's very exciting, and, and I think, you know, even like with these times that we're living in with, with like the, the lockdowns and the... And the, the the fears and the, and the difficulties that people are facing, you know, it's, you know, it's a real challenge, obviously. It's, a, it's been a real t- tough time for many people, and, and, the, and the temptation would be maybe to turn in and to kind mm-hmm. of focus, like, and just to kind of self-absorb in this, and, but I, I think the, the Lord is, is really inviting us and the church and all of us, and hopefully all, all the listeners, too, like, you know, just like to, to be courageous and just, just to even just go to the, the, the next person and just, just one person, just to the next door neighbor or just just take that next best step and just try to come out of ourselves and to and to just yeah try to love and try to serve and uh yeah just to f- find the lord's uh yeah will for every situation which is yeah to, to bring peace to bring joy and uh yeah to, to bring us all together in, in communion as you were saying earlier it makes me think of two things that we need to just be open to where god's calling us open to having him come into our hearts yeah. so that way we could be totally dependent on him right and there's something really really attractive about the yeah. cfr way of life especially this total dependence of god and living in community 
And that just has such value for us as people and for our souls because we can't journey alone. Right. Right? We, we just had the communal meal here. And there's something about breaking bread together, right? Jesus at the Last Supper and just that model that's been passed down. It's so necessary for people, especially during these times where folks have been isolated, you know, and to have an outlet, but to have people who understand where you're at and are willing to share things that are far greater than, you know, talking about the weather or things that are just so, so mundane, but really matters of the heart. Right, right. Yeah, and I think... The man that comes to my mind right now is St. Joseph, right? And you talk about the provision of the Lord in our lives. Like, and like, like I was just speaking to you right before we started the podcast about like doing this trip with the kids. And it's like, we will do it on Saturday because I had other things going on. And so, oh, yeah, Dan coming down on Saturday. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And then so, oh, no, we'll keep it and see if he's interested. And if it wasn't for you being here, I think this, this day would not have gone off as well as it did. So, I mean, well, just I the total provision that. on that, you know, how God really operated through mm-hmm. your witness and, and, and just you know, playing with the kids and just really... It just brought it to the next level, I think, for, for the day. Just really powerful. And, um, but just that's what we have to look for. The, you know, St. Joseph, just, he's just a man just kind of just, just, just taking it every moment, right? Like whatever the Lord is asking of you now at this moment, like whether it be waking you up in the middle of the night or whatever it is, right? And, um, and, and you know how many times I see this and I still don't learn from it. Like, you know, I've been a friar for almost 25 years and it's like I'm in charge of the soup kitchen, and I'm in charge of the food, you know, of course, God's in charge of all of it, but, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for it, right? So, and like, you know, how many times has, have I witnessed, like, you know, we just having enough food, perfectly enough for the people who show up at the front door, it, you know, just, it's just, it's amazing sometimes, like, I, I could tell you innumerable stories, to be honest with you, um, how God's provision comes forth, and that's just like on, like, physical matters, like, you know, just like things that we need, things that we, uh, you know, food or whatever, clothing, but like God provides for us in our hearts too. Mm. Like you know, He puts people in our lives. Like He like you came down today. Like you know we're here with each other, and and uh, you know the kids came today. And like the person who shows up at their front door, and we got to know that like that that person, whoever, whoever that is, you know, it's, if it's another brother, if it's a stranger, that's Jesus right there, right? And and He's coming to to encounter you and in that person. And uh, so so it's it's a daily it's a daily school, right? And um, of God's provision, not only like on the like I said, like on the material things in our lives that that uh, we have to trust, but you know, we also have to trust in like in every moment of whatever the Lord brings in our relationships, whether it be family members, or our neighbors, our students, or coworkers, our enemies. You know, you mm-hmm. never, you know, just because God can use all things, right? So, and uh, yeah, just I'm just blown away more and more each time, like how God opens it up, and um, yeah, it brings something. I would never have expected. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there that it's Jesus showing up and I like that a lot because it's so true. Every encounter we have, there's a hidden Jesus in someone. And it's a matter of us really taking the time most often that we're patient enough to sit with somebody, to hear them out, to just be there. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes, you know, when I was younger, I thought, you have to do X, Y, and Z to, you know, be a good servant of God. And, and certainly all those things are extremely important. You know, the corporal works of mercy are certainly very important. But a lot of it has to do with just showing up. If we look at the gospel, what was Jesus doing? He was showing up in people's lives, and people had an encounter with him. Well, when people show up on your doorstep like I experienced today, right. and you have these beautiful conversations with people who just have 
We all have it. We have some kind of brokenness and we want healing. And you take the time to listen and you can hear, you know, the pain, but also you know that there's, there's hope deep within. You know, they want something more. They, they understand there's more to the story. And amidst that, being able to share in these conversations, being able to be vulnerable and to just share from the heart, God, grace and provision allows us to have this encounter happen. And you're sitting across from somebody and you're looking into their eyes. It's like you're looking into the eyes of Christ. Amen. And it just, it's, it's a beautiful thing that really can happen on the day to day. And so often it does happen in different situations, like when we were in Mexico City. Right. So maybe you could just talk about a couple of experiences that you've had lately where you know you've encountered the hidden Christ. Yeah, it's funny because I have one exactly, I have maybe one practical experience personally, but then the scriptures kind of kind of just jumped to my heart, which I can share too. But uh, when I was in the Bronx for a number of years, I was working with youth ministry there, and we would do dishes after night, uh, dinner, as you shared with us just a few minutes ago, right? We had our meal, do dishes, then we have to run right over to the youth program, get everything set up, and they open up at 7.30. And uh, I just remember I was running late that night, and I wasn't prepared, and I kind of knew what I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't kind of quite sure how it was all going to fit together. And I'm like, oh, man. So it was like 7.15, and I'm like just putting the last dish away, and, and like uh, I'm the only one left in the house at this point. Everyone else is kind of scattered. And so I, I'm like running over there anxious and kind of like, oh, just not at peace. Like, what's going to happen tonight? How's this all going to work out? I, I just feel like I haven't prepared and well enough for this, this youth meeting, meeting. And all of a sudden, the doorbell rings. I'm like, oh, man, if I answer that, that's going to take another five, <laughs> ten minutes, right? So the Holy Spirit moved me, right? So I went to the front door, and sure enough, it was a, a homeless man, right? And I was like, this is, oh, man, I, can't, I, I had almost like this like, this, like stomach drop, like, oh, I can't believe this is happening because I'm going to be late now. And this is, this is the flesh man, right? This is like, you know, I've got my whole idea of how this all should pan out and how, how God's going to work in this situation. And I'm getting it wrong, totally getting it wrong, right? And so, so we asked for a sandwich and a cup of coffee. So I invite him in, sit down, make him a quick cup of coffee with the kettle, you know, slap on some uh, cold cuts and a piece of bread. So, yeah, five, ten minutes and a you know, kind word and I give it to him. And I asked him for, for a prayer, right? Just got moved by God to ask him for a prayer. And, uh, and I remember after he left, I went over to the, to the youth center that night and it was like the best youth meeting I ever had in my whole life. Like it was like, I was totally unprepared. I was like, at that point I had to, I had to rely on God instead of myself. And that's, that's what, that's what we have to do. Right. And I think if I wouldn't have served that, that homeless man and I would have like ignored him and mm -hmm. went up there on my own resources and my own strength, it would have been a flop. Right. It totally would have flopped. Right. And so so God was teaching me that a lesson, like, it's like, no, just, just be attentive to me, however I show myself, right? And when you do that, I'll be faithful to you, right? And so, yeah, so I think the Lord gave me the grace to be faithful to the, to the homeless man, and then he gave me a grace to be faithful to the kids. Like, so, so I think, yeah, when, when he gives us opportunities, uh, he gives us small opportunities, and, and we respond in faith to them, then he's going to give us more, right? And he's going to give us more. So that's, that's what he wants to do. He always wants more for us, right? And, um, and just maybe the, the one gospel verse that quickly I was thinking about was uh, Bartimaeus, the blind man, right? Mm. In Jericho, and Jesus is passing through the crowd of people, right? Throwing around him, and, uh, and there's this guy. He's a beggar. He's a blind man. He's on the side of the road. He's a nobody. And, you know, he's screaming out, Son of David, have pity on me, right? And, like, people tell him to shut up, be quiet, you know, don't embarrass me, yourself, whatever. He's not, he's not worth it. And then what happens? You know, Jesus stops for him, right? 
And then, but that's what the most powerful line in the scripture for me is like, Jesus stopped. Like, Jesus stops for us. Like, he stops for us every day. Like, and especially in the Eucharist, right? In our neighbor, in this word, the scriptures, right? And so, um, yeah, it's just, just how, yeah, like, we got to be very attentive to how Jesus stops in our life. And, and just as he's passing by, he'll stop for us. And uh, so we have to be like Bartimaeus and really kind of cry out to him. And, and what will Jesus do? He'll say, here, call him. Yeah, so he's going to call us, right? So if we cry out to him, he's going to call us to do great things, right? So like Bartimaeus, you know, Lord, that I may see. Mm. Yeah, so. Two things come to mind when you're saying that. The first is totus to us, mm. like being totally yours and, and then complete dependency on God. You mentioned you know, having this um, idea in our mind. So often we have these things that, you know, we get wrapped around and this ideology that everything has to go according to plan or we set a plan. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that setting a plan is a bad thing. You know, right. it's part of responsibilities that yeah. we have to take care of. Yeah. But having some flexibility and having this understanding that at times things aren't going to go according to plan, it's actually better that they didn't. Exactly. Right, because yeah. God is going to open up opportunities we could have never have foreseen. Right. And in this this homeless man coming to the door and the way that you responded and the love that you poured out and also the encounter, you know, it's twofold, mm -hmm. right? As much as we're giving, we're receiving. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've learned uh, very often on doing, you know, ministry with the poor, doing mission trips or working with those on the fringes of society is that when we do show up, there's this love exchange that happens because if we see the hidden Christ in the other person that's there, they're going to see him in us as well. And what happens is a radical transformation from the inside out. And it's something that is so tangible that you, you, you have this feeling that you can feel like this burning love in your heart for that other person. Mm. And, and they have that for you and you're left and you can't be unchanged from it. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's a five minute encounter or it's something that takes, you know, a long time. It's going to change us. And by being open to that, God is going to lead us to the next encounter. Right. And as long as we have, like you mentioned, eyes open right. and he's going to open our eyes. Right. Yeah. And I think just to emphasize that that whole point you're bringing out is like, you know, trying to control and control has to do with fear. Right. Like I want to control like keep my hands on it like you think of a roller coaster you keep your hands tight on a roller coaster when you go down the hill going to the loop you know it's like gotta have control here like but the lord's like no raise that raise your hands right so raise your hands much more fun right so <laughs> i get that one from father Emmanuel. he uses that in his homily so I, I have to give him credit for that one but but it's a good analogy but the thing is um it's like the saint peter shuffle like you know you, you got to get out of the boat right you just got to wow. take that step right and when the lord calls you and and he and for everyone who's listening it's 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 real for you it's like it's going to be your you know going in freshman year in college it's going to be you entering into marriage it's going to be you getting that new job it's going to be you joining religious life or priesthood it's going to be you doing something kind of project you've never done before uh i took over the the soup kitchen here you know i had it was a huge operation they just threw me in and i, I didn't have much time to get orientated and i'm like i'm not ready for this like and i wasn't you know and then and that's like i was like all right that's where i want you right it's exactly how i want you because i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna make you ready <laughs> right and yeah right. And, and if he leads yeah. you to he's gonna lead you through it right, right? and yeah. i think you're you're so right in saying yeah. oftentimes we can limit ourselves mm -hmm. but we we serve a limitless god right and his power is is so proficient right. that right. he's gonna take any kind of talent and ability he's blessed us mm -hmm. with and just 10 exit right yeah so the, the 
the provision of God, it happens like that next step, like like Saint Peter, like he calls you in faith. That next step's just gonna that 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 kind of uh, that stepping stone is just gonna just come under your foot as as you're stepping, right? It's just the that's the whole thing with faith. We just have to trust that he's leading us, and our life is not like somehow kind of random or purposeless. That even even things that don't make sense for us or things that like wow, I can never do this. No, you just you stay the course. Like who can do marriage, right? Who who can do priesthood or religious life? Nobody, right? I mean, if I look back, they always say, like, say, you look back 20 years, like, say, if I knew what I was going to experience as a friar 20 years ago, that I've experienced, I probably would have joined. Like, there's just <laughs> no way, right? But the thing is, you, you don't worry about that. You just you just jump in full full throttle, and, and the Lord leads you. And yeah, and it's, it's hard, right? It's hard. It's very hard. But uh, it's always um, a means of growth, of not only your knowing to come to know yourself but also obviously most importantly to come to know the lord right and uh and that's the greatest gift right we can have life to the fullest podcast is brought to you by ef3 life at ef3 life we believe and are deeply rooted in the heart of the gospel following jesus as a disciple and journeying with you through it all we're also a proud supporter of the franciscan friars of the renewal Please visit franciscanfriars.com. Follow them on Instagram at CFR Franciscans to learn more and explore vocations. If you're interested, also log on to Spirit Juice to follow the Franciscans on their podcast, Poco a Poco, to learn more about the way of life of St. Francis of Assisi, service to the poor, and how we can love and be the outstretched arms and hands and feet of Christ. So why this emphasis on service and even like mission, right? Oftentimes people will wonder, you know, if I go somewhere near or far, how is it going to help me to grow in my faith? But there tends to be this understanding that when we immerse ourselves and we kind of separate ourselves from the rest of the world, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. we unplug from the technology, Mm -hmm. we get away from the day-to-day responsibilities that we can enter in more fully. And, you know, having an amazing experience with you and the group of Baseball Miracles in Mexico City, and even like a day like today and, and being with the kids in the community, it really does something important for us and our hearts and our faith growth. So why mission? Why service? Why encountering Christ, the hidden Christ, in the poor. Right. Yeah, just when you were asking the question, just the, the, the face that came into my mind was uh, Maria who came today. Right? She's a 17-year-old girl, and she just graduated high school. Beautiful girl, right? Off to college soon. She had a whole plan today to go with her, her girlfriends, her, her friends, you know, to go hike, right? And uh, I guess her mother somehow convinced her to come here to serve. And and just there, you could see there was a tension, there was a struggle, and then uh, even at the beginning of the day, like you know, waking up early on Saturday and just like you know, coming out to the Newark to be with people you don't know, maybe the, the kids you're not you're gonna serve. And you know, as she left, you saw the joy, and she, the, 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 she had a great day, right? And just you could just the transformation that happened just just for this one day, right? And uh, and she's on her journey, right? And she's she's a great kid, right? And so I'm just so proud of her. Uh, but what, why why mission? Why service is like. And I really just think it boils down to this. It's like, because this is what we're wired for. Mm. This is what we're made for. Because we're made in God's image and likeness. And if you think of who is God, like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's a total self-gift constantly, continually to each other, right? That's, so we serve a God who is like totally just pouring himself out all the time in love, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we, when we get a 
chance to tap into that. And that's really, that's where our identity lies in its deepest, deepest essence. And that's what we do. We, we, we give of ourselves to our neighbor. Like, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So, so it's, that's, it's like a no-brainer. Like, and I think that's the hardest thing to get through our brain, really. It's like, because like when you serve, when you give of yourself, you're, at, you're acting like God, you know? And that's, that's what heaven is. That's like, you know, that's, that's what we really ultimately desire in the deepest recesses of our, you know, the drugs and the sex and the fame and the money. And it would never give that. It would never give that, right? Even when it was done in its proper context, mm. it just will never give that, right? And so, um, yeah, so it's just, yeah. So I think when we serve uh, Mother Teresa, I think you did it to me, right? We, we were serving Jesus, like we said earlier. And uh, he's the one that we're really serving. So whether it be a 12-year-old kid from the inner city or whether it be somebody in a garbage dump in Mexico, right? Or whether it be maybe someone in your family who's very hard to serve, right? That's the, sometimes the hardest ones, right? So, yeah, that's the real, the key to life is to serve, right? St. John Paul II said to serve is to reign, right? So if you really want to come to a place where we're kind of living a royal life, then, yeah, we need to get down and get our hands dirty and serve. And yeah, it makes me think of, you know, when uh, they're on the road and they were kind of bantering back and forth and Jesus overheard some of the apostles saying, like, who's going to be the greatest, right? right, right. And, and they're arguing and they're like, no, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to sit his right hand. And yeah. he said, you know, the one who's going to be the greatest servant, That's right. the one who's going to be the last right. of these will be the greatest of these. Yeah. And it makes me think about that a lot because so often in our life, you know, in this 21st century, a lot of people are all about, you know, what can I do for myself? How can I elevate myself? What can I do to get to the top? But as you mentioned, those kind of things, they'll, they'll pass by. Right. And actually, you gave a great analogy today when we were inside the cathedral with the kids. Right. And, you know, they're looking around and they're just like amazed at everything that they're seeing, the statues and just the beauty of God's house. But you even said, like, this place is not going to last forever. Right. And for them to hear the fact that they themselves were, were more valuable than this grandiose place that they were like, wow, that's amazing. I think it really started to hit home to them how deep God's love is. Right. And in doing that service and giving, we're encountering and it's this love exchange that takes yeah. place. Right. And it's like, I'm totally yours. And what I've understood and, and experienced and I think of one in Mexico City you know far beyond like the tacos and, and all the stuff that takes place outside of the service right sure is we were in the city dump and this woman her, her face will always remain in my memory and her name was Olga she had a few kids and when I went up to her to help her out with her her job of you know sorting through the trash and and I said to her in the broken Spanish that I could speak you know how are you hmm and amidst this disastrous situation, mm. you would think horrible, right. right? But she smiled and said, I'm great. I have my family. I have God. And you showed up. Right. I was like, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and like we come on that bus, right? We come on that bus, that dump, and we, we got all these middle class, upper middle class people coming from New Jersey, New York, wherever they're from. And they're leaving more electrified than the people we're visiting, right? Because... There's a freedom, there's a joy, there's like, wow, these people are like really evangelizing us necessarily, right? And, then, and that's why I think for us, whether it be religious or lay members of the church, to understand this is an encounter with a hidden Jesus. Right. Because if Jesus were here, right in our midst, obviously we're going to leave far better off. Right. 
And the people that we're encountering, as you mentioned, they're ministering to us. And, you know, so oftentimes people don't understand, you know, you know, you're, you're my um, passion to want to spend time with the poor, to serve the poor. And it, it's a two-way street. You know, I, I just think of what I was witnessing today with Brother Lazarus and, and what he was ministering to a couple gentlemen who came through that really needed some, some time, love, and care. Yeah. And just by listening and uh, allowing them to speak from the heart, encouraging and then praying with them, the person that showed up from the street is leaving totally different, but also it's impacting mm. brother's heart as well. Yeah, amen to that, right? Yeah. And I think that, that, that powerful, what you just said, just like to listen to somebody. So that could be like the most incredible, immense thing that could happen to that person. Because especially like in our neighborhood, like no one listens to anybody. They're, they're trying to scream over people. Like they're try, trying to out scream at each other or they're on their headphones, or they're on their, their media, whatever it is, and which I'm not going to judge them for. Those can be used for good, right? But just to sit there and to listen to someone, because at that, you know, that you have a value. You are loved. Just, I'm going to give my time to listen to you. And, uh, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's just, uh, you think of Jesus, you know, eternal God become flesh. He, he would sit with people. Like, how awesome is that? Like, that's amazing, you know? Just, just a great gift, right? And we kind of enter into that, pre it's like you said, the presence, right? Just being present to people. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me also think about, you know, there's this sad notion that when someone goes somewhere to a faraway country or even serving the poor in their own community, that they need to fix the situation. No, that's, yeah. Yeah, but that's the farthest thing from the truth. Exactly. Nobody needs yeah. fixing. No. Nope. Right? It's about showing up, it's about encountering, yeah. and it's yeah. about love. Right. And if love is at the epicenter of it, if it's at the epicenter of anything that we do, right. God is present. Right. Yeah, because, you know, we could, it could be a temptation for us to, like, go in there, like, as a non-equal, right? Like, you know, somehow I'm the rich American or this, that, the other, whatever it may be, or wherever, kind of where I'm coming from. But we go in there as equals, right? You know, we go in this person who's living in a dump, this person who's got hardly anything, he's got rags on his back. I don't care what you're wearing, where you're from, you're an equal to that person. Like, you know, God sees it all equal, right? Like... And in some sense, uh, we have to be very careful because the poor, I think, have one up on us, at least, <laughs> at least according to what the scripture says, right? Yeah. So, so it's almost in some sense they're the greater, right? And uh, because they really are the presence of Christ, you know, the poverty um, for what you did for the least of my brothers, right? You did to me. Yeah, so it's great. It's a great gift to be able to serve. And, and just, you know, the whole thing with the church fathers talk about, like, if you think about God, you know, he totally created the whole universe gratuitously. He didn't have... This is Newark, Calgary. This is Newark, there you go. So you never know the sounds we're going to hear. Fireworks <laughs> before, who knows what that was. Yeah, we're not quite sure. We're, 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 so, uh, so, um, didn't know what I was going to say was going to come off with a bang. There it was. So, uh, but yeah, so God just so, just so generously just creates the universe out of just, just free gratuitousness, right? And then that wasn't enough for him that he actually had to give us like a way to live in this universe that was the law right how to love each other right the ten commandments and and um and then still that wasn't enough for him right you know so then he had to actually incarnate and actually become one of us and just just a continual you know condescending of god like to us and just how it's just the total self-gift and, and revelation of god through creation through his law through his his physical presence in christ and then and you think of 
the Eucharist, like how, how much lower, like how much, how much more love can you show? Just like, just the presence to, to be, to abide with us, to be with us, to be one with us, right? If what a humble God we have. And that's, that's what St. Francis would say, like the, the, the humility of God, right? It's almost like, it seems like contradictory, but it's like, if you think about, because like, love humbles itself. It's, mm. it's really... Yeah, and St. Yeah. Paul said that, and before you mentioned something about, you know, when you weren't sure, like, well, what am I going to say when you're going to uh, show up, but before when you uh, allowed that uh, homeless man to really enter into the conversation with him and to really listen mm-hmm. and to give him the time of day, God provided. Okay. And it's this idea of St. Paul said, like, my power is so proficient when it's weak, God will make it strong. Mm. You know, like, in our weakness, God's strength really shines forth. It also makes me think of the rich young man because this is somebody who was really faithful, right. who did everything by the book, so to speak, right? Right. But still he lacked in one area, yeah. and that was in monetary possessions. Now, each of us, as we walk, as we journey, as we grow, mature in our faith, you know, God is going to work on our hearts and he's going to chip away at us. It's like, you know, the, the great masterpiece that he's working on. And as long as we stay humble, he'll continue to work closer and closer to get to the real core. So we become ultimately who he created us to be. However, probably everybody out there, including myself, and, and I know you're a humble guy, we all have things we need to work on. Right, and God's Definitely. continuously working Definitely. on us. Yeah. So the ri- yeah, maybe more than one for guys like me. But the rich young man, yeah. he had it all except he didn't. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is, you know, the scripture says, For what profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but forfeit his own soul? Right. And there's something really, really powerful there because it's not enough just to be faithful. Mm. It's not enough to love and love deeply. God wants all of us just the way we are. He wants us to show up, but he wants us to be open so he can use us for what we were designed to be. And that's really his, yeah. his saints on earth. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So like I was saying in the cathedral today to the kids, like, you know, the, we have, um, you know, God creates to fill, right? So he creates the world to fill it with his creatures, but most especially us, right? And so he also redeems to fill, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that breath that he breathed, breathed into the nostril of, of Adam and Eve, and uh, that same breath was from the cross that Jesus, you know, breathed again. You know, it is finished, right? And in the upper room, he breathes into the apostle, right? So just, and I told the kids today, it's like, you know, we can become one of either, either two things in our lives. We can either become a temple to the Lord, right, or we can become like a, a storage house, you know. And a storage house is pretty, you know, it's just full of clutter. It's full of things that are kind of nice. Sometimes they just go out of use. It just kind of gets stuck in the corner. You know, we're trying to pile stuff up. We're trying to, like, make it, you know, full. We're trying to make it, think it's going to make us happy. But really what we want is a temple, right? Because that's where the freedom is. That's where the joy is. That's where the, where the praise and, 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 the, and the, the worship, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then temples also have people in them and, and nice, cool things in them, too. But, yeah, it's just, I think, um, I think if, if we just understood that we're 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 a temple we're 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 a, a dwelling place of the lord that that's you know we we just can't give half we just can't give a quarter we have to give 100% right and uh and uh and you know one of the brothers who joined the community not too long ago great musician right totally and so he actually gave away his guitar thinking like you know all right this is it i'm giving everything to the lord right and so he had the disposition of heart just like i'm ready just to give everything and then when he joined the community, like the guy, so the, the guy in charge, was like, no, yeah, get, get guitar back, man, come on. 
and he became one of the, you know he's one of the greatest you know composers of music in our community at this point and um, just uses it for for ministry all the time and it's, it's really been a blessing so whatever we give or whatever we lay down right it's it's going to be picked up by the Lord and, and transformed and, and even given in a deeper inpouring into our hearts and to our life right so so it's yeah that's that's the thing about faith like you know we want to hold on like I said the fear you know latch on to things whether it be our own intellectual gifts or our own material gifts or athletic abilities or whatever it is music abilities but uh, we lay it down to the Lord and uh, it's going to be yeah an incredible gift that's going to rise up yeah and I love how you say the gifts because God provides the gifts and by being gifted we have something that we can also share with the world right and I was actually explaining to the kids today the little testimonial before we played a great last game of basketball and had some fun on the on the court out there but um you know i was telling and trying to explain to them that it's so important that you can have an impact on other people and it could be an impact you know just as little as i was telling them just holding the door for somebody and it can be an impact that goes far beyond what you could ever imagine but god will cause the growth and the reason why i bring that up is again this idea that you know, being faithful, being open to where God is calling us, having a heart for other people, right. seeing the hidden Jesus will eventually allow us to really care for souls. That's it. And I was actually recently reading something by Cardinal Sala, and he was talking about this gift of souls, and he said, you know, the, the priest or brother or the religious, he has no other loves than the church and the souls of which he gives his life like Jesus. Hmm. Beautiful. And I was just wondering what you thought about that because, you know, so often the lady of the church might think, you know, that that's the job of the priest. That's the job of the brother to care for people's souls. But it's actually hmm. the job of each of us in the great commission that Jesus gave yeah. before he ascended. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the, the whole thing about the crown that we will receive, you know, as you enter the enter the kingdom, right, of heaven. And uh, but the jewels in that crown are going to be the names of the people that we have somehow affected in a way that has brought them to a place where they have been able to see Jesus more clearly in their own lives and and uh, yeah so like you say a Mother Teresa's crown is going to be huge and maybe somebody like a somebody in a big tech firm you know I'm not you know I'm not to judge but you know you know who's really the more, more important person in the world at that point you know like mm -hmm. who's having more of an effect I should say right so um, yeah just the, the beautiful gift that the economy of God is so much different, right, than the world, right? Just how that all plays out. And uh, so just to be encouraged with those words, like, you know, because sometimes, you know, the day-to-day the -day gets kind of the grind. You know how it is, right? And just the struggles we encounter and and the, the doubts and kind of, you know, apprehensions we may even have in our own hearts. Like, but just, uh, yeah, like just to offer up even little sufferings. I was just reading a quote by, was it Cardinal O'Connor in the Magnificat today? He was speaking to somebody who uh, was dying of cancer, and he said that uh, he told the person that was dying of cancer was basically, you know, you are winning oceans of grace and mercy for people around the world that you won't even know until you get to the kingdom. You know, so we just, we just can't, we just, yeah, we just won't be able to see. That's what what the faith tells us, and I think you know, like, yeah, like when we walk through those gates, I think you know we're gonna have our moment, like you know the. The famous football players in Europe or soccer players, the whole crowd's gonna be going crazy, right? Like, uh, like, uh, like these are the people that maybe you've affected. Like, crazy thought, right? Yeah, that that's a beautiful thing to think about, and the imagery that comes to mind because 
a lot of times when people are suffering and those that are experiencing it in their family, they're seeing a loved one suffer, they often wonder, first of all, like how could God allow this to happen to someone if he loves us? But then to go even farther beyond that, they don't really understand that the suffering is actually leading them, if they're open to it, closer to Jesus, exactly. the wounded heart of Jesus. Exactly. And it's it's amazing when you yeah. can enter into that. You know, I was praying um, the the mysteries of the rosary the, and, and thinking about like the way of the cross and, and all the sufferings that Jesus endured for us and the sorrowful mysteries and really reflecting upon that and thinking about the people in my own life who are really wounded, who are facing this suffering and thinking about many of them have come to faith because of that. Like their faith has deeply grown because they've embraced the cross that they have. Mm. And they also see the hidden Jesus showing up in their life to help them to carry that cross. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's the mystery of God's love and how like, you know, God didn't take away pain, but he redeemed it. Right. And made it a, a channel for salvation and also a way to show love for other people. Like if we're fasting for somebody, for maybe like a parent or for a child or, you know, if we have a friend, we're praying and sacrificing for them in some way. And, and, um, but just life in general, like we know with the hardships and difficulties and father Bennett was so, uh, our founder, he was so, so keen on these things and he would, uh, He'd always kind of like when you go into the parishes that had the resurrected Jesus behind the altar. He's like, he's like, oh, I don't like that very much. Like, because you, know, <laughs> you know we believe in the resurrection. Of course, it's the it's it's you know the the final end, right? But uh, but he says you know a lot of people don't identify with the resurrection as much as they identify with the cross, right? So to have a, the crucifix above the altar, kind of people can can know what that means. You know, the resurrection. Yeah, they'll 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 experience please God one day, right? And we do experience that, right? You know, in, in small ways here and now, right? Because it's it's real, right? The resurrect we are people of the resurrection, but um, yeah, the cross is also real, and that's what Jesus says: take up your cross daily, right? Mm. Because if without the cross, then the resurrections don't come, right? Yeah, and, and I would say there's probably more Friday moments, so to speak. Yeah. You know, those hard yeah. moments that really hit us like a ton of bricks, or our life goes yeah. sideways. Right. But if we're able to trust, if we're able to yeah. stay open to receiving God's love and also understanding his plan is greater than our plan i mean mm. look no farther than the holy family you know mary yeah. and joseph and, and right. how that all unfolded yeah. and if we can just emulate that even just a little bit in our own yeah. life how much good is going to come exactly with and, and just to say that like i'll dovetail off of that like you know she's the sinless immaculate virgin mary like and she suffered like you know so all because we go to church on sunday we say our prayers and we're maybe a holy person that doesn't exempt us from from trial and tribulation and, and, and suffering in this life. And, and it's actually the kiss of Jesus, as, mm-hmm. we, as some of the saints say it is, right? So uh, so help us, Lord, with give us the eyes to kind of see, to embrace it, and to give it to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so when we're not, you know, schooling the kids out there on the hardwood, yeah. right? We're going to draw them in, and, and you're doing a great job with the brothers and uh, the friars over here. and just allowing them a space, um, a, a safe pl- place to really understand the faith more. And it's, it's beautiful for me to see that and to see the community being built up because, you know, living in a community and being part of a community yeah. are two different things. And you guys are immersed here in this area of Newark and doing just incredible work by, by the grace of God. And it's just, it's amazing to see all the, the fruits of yeah. that labor. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, uh, I think that's, that's part of the kind of the authenticity of the witness of, of our life. And just to share that, because I think, you know, we, we don't come in here on a bus or we don't drive in every day and do our work and then leave and go back to the suburbs or whatever it is. And, you know, which most of us are from the suburbs, obviously. Uh, we've been blessed with, you know, families that have done well, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so it's the incarnational reality of, of the mission. Like, yeah, I'm just not going to just work with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. I'm going to identify with you, right, and uh, share your plight to, to walk shoulder to shoulder with mm. you. And, uh, yeah, you know, just you know, the brothers do a, um, a daily walk through the neighborhood, you know, usually every day except for Friday. It's our prayer day, our quiet day, uh, where we kind of rejuvenate. And, uh, yeah, so so the neighborhood knows us, you know, and they, they come to our soup kitchen and, and you know, yeah, it's beautiful to, to walk through and and to have them know your name and uh, to know their name and uh, and also to see the crucified Jesus in them and to offer them hope and uh, by the witness of our, our, our lives and sharing the gospel with them. And so to that's what we really need to do. I think that's what St. Francis's gift is, you know, to, to incarnate the gospel. And, you know, he himself obviously having the stigmata, right? So the Lord really putting a seal of approval on his life, his charism his witness like you know because he was right there with the lepers he was right there with the poor you know so he you know he kissed the leper right and so and i'd like to use the image of him kissing the leper really set his lips on fire to preach the gospel even more right like so it was really the leper that kind of helped him to preach the gospel mm. and i really feel like if we ever as a community ever move away from the poor then we're not going to be preaching the gospel i think it's it's, it's as a franciscan i think is i think it's kind of like it's 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 a two sides of a coin if, if you know we have to have both right and so uh if we lose the, i think the poor are the ones that propel us to preach the gospel even more uh yeah and it's just uh, i think that's the mystery of the franciscan call i think uh, if you're close to the poor you'll be a good preacher of the gospel yeah it's like the lifeblood of your community yeah yeah no yeah it's not you know dominicans obviously it's a different charism or say jesuits or or Benedictines, you know, it's, it's all about the difference in you know how God is calling them, right? But for specifically for us, you know, the whole thing was not only being poor, but also living with the poor, because um, it's it's if we're not, then we're not being who we're called to be, and that's that's going to be kind of pretty clear, I think. For yeah, people. And, yeah, and and that's that's the real emphasis here, who we're called to be, and I think for those people who are listening at home, to just take some time this summer to really prayerfully reflect on that. Who is God calling you to be and who is God calling you to invest some time in? Who is he calling you to see the hidden Jesus in your own community, in your own school, in your own workplace? Jesus is out there and he needs you to be his disciples, to carry the cross, to light the path, and to be that salt of the earth. You wrapped that up really nice. That sounded good, yeah. That's good. Amen to that, bro. Could you uh, take us home with a little prayer to send everybody off today and so that way we can, you know, really call the mind into heart what God is working in us. Great. So we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are good and uh, all your ways are good. We thank you, Lord, for the provision of our lives that you have uh, first called us, that you have first loved us, that you have... Uh, um, provided for all things for us and uh, as your children we we call out to you this day anew and whatever situations we find ourselves in whatever cross that we are carrying that uh, 
that it may become very clear to us that you may grant us that docility and attentiveness to see the beauty and the glory that is shining through that cross, that it's reaching the, uh, the world in, in, in whatever small way or whatever large way, only you know that. And uh, we just ask you that we uh, just be given over more fully to you this day. And, uh, you may bless our efforts. I just pray for, for Dan in a particular way, for his ministry as well, and also for the friars. We thanks, thank you for the gift that we have here in Newark. And uh, we entrust it all to the sacred heart of your son, Jesus. And for all those who are listening, we entrust them as well. And uh, we all ask for the prayers of St. Joseph and Our Lady as we pray our... Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Brother Thomas, this has been a pleasure. Really appreciate you taking the time and also your hospitality with the rest of the, the friars here in Newark. And hopefully we can do this again in the near future. Yeah, please God, I hope to. Yeah, so it's good being here, everybody. For the Life to the Fullest podcast and this exclusive episode coming to you from the Blessed Sacrament Friary with the CFRs in Newark, New Jersey, I'm your host, Dan Jason. Let's be a little bit more St. Francis of Assisi like this week, who said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly you're doing the impossible. Together we can do something beautiful for God. Make sure to visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at ef3life. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest.